and so greatly to be praised. So we welcome you and we invite you into Lifeway today and we pray God speed to you and that you will hear the word of the Lord. Amen? Listen, it's, it's been quite a while for me when I sat in um, the chairs of high school. And, but I can recall this one particular teacher who would always come into the classroom immediately when we sit down. He would come and drop his bag and place his books on the desk. And the teacher would get quiet for a minute and all of a sudden we knew what was about to take place. Uh, this was one of those teachers that, that if, if you knew you were going to have them, if you had older siblings, you, you would say, well, well, how is it having Mr. Dishman? And he, they would say, boy, you, you don't want to go to his class because when you go to his class, he was known for six words. He was known for, for six words that would make you cringe. So, so your brothers, your older siblings would always tell you, be ready and be prepared because Mr. Dishman, you can count on it that he's going to say these six words to you. And these six words was pull out a sheet of paper. Pull out a sheet of paper. And when he would say those words, you, you knew right away that he was getting ready to give you a pop quiz. A pop quiz. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. You, you've had a teacher or you might be that type of teacher today because we have some teachers in the house. You may be that type of person that as soon as the class walk in, they sit down. You say, put your books away. Get, a, get out a piece of paper. It's time for a pop quiz. And he would always explain because the, as soon as he would say, pull out a sheet of paper, you could hear the whole class saying, <sighs> you could hear the sigh, you could hear the awes, you could hear the grumpiness in the room. But he would always explain to them that the reason I give you a pop quiz is to make sure that you have been paying attention to my instructions in class. And he would always give a life lesson and he would say, life will deal you some tests. Life will give you a quiz that you, you are not always prepared for. So I'm just trying to help you understand that, that in life, there are going to be some, some unsuspected things that will come your way, but there are some answers to life's questions. So, so it wasn't just about algebra. It wasn't just about science. It wasn't just about biology, but he would give a life lesson for us to learn to understand that life has some unsuspected moments. Some of you know life's unsuspected moments. You, you didn't expect the job to close. You didn't, you've been good to her, but you didn't expect her to leave. You, you've given your children everything that, that they needed, everything that they should have, but, but they yet and still disrespected you. Life has some pop quizzes, and, and, and the pop quizzes of life, you ought to know some answers. The instructions had already been given, and I believe in the word of God, the instructions have already 
been given for life. And when those unsuspected moments come your way, those suddenlies begin to happen in your life and in my life. There is an answer to those questions. One good thing about, about the pop quizzes of life is that the answers are always multiple choice. Anybody in here like multiple choice questions? Somebody t- have told me, uh, if, if you don't know, just choose C. <laughs> if there's any doubt, just, just go right there and darken that in. But life's questions, life's pop quizzes have a multiple choice answer. A, A is this. A is you can choose to try to figure it out on your own. Yeah. B, B is you can run to your friends and your family. B, B. Some of you have chosen B. You ran to your friends and family. Then there's C. You can, you can just duck dodge and hide and try to ignore it, try to hide under the covers and never deal with it, never confront it, and you just simply hide. That's no, that's C. But then there is D. D is you simply trust God. And I know you're saying, how do you simply trust God? When, when it comes to me trusting God, it's never that easy. But you could choose D and put your trust in God. And I always, I I think the best answer, I know today that the best answer to the pop quizzes of life is D. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, acknowledging him in all your ways and allowing God to direct your path. That is the best answer to the question. But some of us in life have chosen A. And we said, we can do it on our own and you don't have enough wherewithal, you don't have enough insight, you don't have enough vision, you don't have enough smarts and wits and resources to figure life out on your own. Not only that, some of us have ran to friends and and family and we found out that we got some great enemies and found out we got some shady friends. And family are not always in a position to help you figure things out because they're trying to figure it out on their own and you're going to the wrong people trying to get the right answers. And some of us just duck and dodge and hide. But I come to tell you this, you can run, but you can't hide. You, You can run from your situations, but they will always come back. Some of us have had some scenarios in life that we thought we were going to run from. We ran from this church and went to the next church and thought we would never encounter that issue again. And then all of a sudden you was faced with your pride. You were faced with some questions. You were faced with, with being a follower. You were faced with being a leader and you were confronted with the very thing you were running away from. But the most critical thing in life It's the character and the consistency of your faith. The character and consistency of your faith. Will you trust God? Will you trust God? Will you put your hope in God? Will you lean and depend 
on God. The Bible declares that we walk by faith and not by sight. Will you yet trust him when, 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 when things don't go your way? Will you trust in the Lord? And, and I've counseled here and there and I've heard people say, I don't know how to trust God. Don't know how to trust God. I, I, I don't know if I'm trusting God. And, and I, th- there are certain questions that I ask. Do you read his word? Do, he cannot guide you if he don't speak to you. And God speaks to us through his word. Will you trust in the Lord? Will you lean and depend on God. I, I know it's not easy. I, I, I know there are circumstances in your life of uncertainty, but, but even in uncertain matters, will you trust and believe God? That, that's the greatest answer that I can give you to life's questions, to life's ups and downs, to life's valleys and mountains, to life's uh, peaks and, and, and valley lows. That's the greatest answer that I can give you when even the preacher don't know what to say. Go to the rock, the rock of salvation, the rock of ages, and he will lead you and guide you in all truth. Will you... God. Will you trust God? And that's, that's what we see in our text today. So gentlemen, we see his journey of faith because I've learned that faith is not an experience. We, we think we try faith. Well, I tried faith then and, and this happened, but then I tried it again and that didn't happen. And then all of a sudden we give up on faith, but faith, watch this, never ceases. There is no end result of faith. Faith is never concluded. Never concluded. The race is given to the swift, not given to the swift nor the strong, but to the one that endureth till the end. So faith is not something you try. Faith is something you live. Faith is something that become a part of you. Faith is something who, who, who you become. You become faith. You walk in faith. This gentleman in the text, he, he's dealing with an issue where his son is on the verge of dying. Last week we dealt with Jesus' first miracle that was recorded in the book of John, he records seven miracles. These are not all the miracles of Jesus' ministry and Jesus' life, but John felt the need to record these seven miracles because it will lead us to putting our hope and our trust in the Savior, in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Last week, we dealt with with Jesus turning water into wine, showing us that God is a God that can transform situations. He can can move beyond time. Even the the, the berries, they did not have to ferment, but God spoke the word and he transformed the thing immediately. All they had to do was follow 
his instructions. And last week I told you some of y'all probably thought that that's not that significant. That's not that important for Jesus to turn water into wine because it's just a party. Did they really even need that? And I, I said that some things that may be insignificant to you might be significant to someone else. Because they wanted to entertain their guests, they had gone out their way to invite those that they love and that they cherish and that they care about to come and they wanted to entertain them and the church ought to be the same way. We ought to want to entertain people when they come into the house of the Lord. Welcome them and invite them and give them a drink to quench their thirst through the word of God. But today, this, this is a serious matter. This is a serious matter. Here's a nobleman, a second man in charge of the kingdom. He's, he's, he sits daily in the royal court. He sits daily amongst the royal priesthood. And all of a sudden, he has an issue where his son, his boy, the person he loved, he cares about, is now about to die. What do you do when your dreams are dying? What do you do when your relationships are dying? What do you do when your financial situation seems to be dying? And I think we can learn today our journey of faith and their steps of, of how God moves us from glory to glory and from faith to faith as we take a look at this noble man. Let's, let's look at the text. Let's look at the text because th th there are some of us who struggle, if you will, with their faith. The word of God says, once more he visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miracle, miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. And the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. And when he inquired as to t the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. It, it's a sad reality today that there are many folk, we come to church and we have merely a head knowledge of God. We acknowledge him as God. We acknowledge him as a prophet. We acknowledge him as a great teacher. We have a head knowledge, but we lack having him in our heart. Where we yield to him, where we trust in God, we, we go through religious and spiritual routine, but lacking a relationship with the living God. And, 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 and when we do so, when we only have a head 
knowledge of God, your, your faith, your faith, your faith withers if, if you don't ever trust him. See, the Bible says even the demons acknowledged him. They, they acknowledged him and they feared and they trembled, but they didn't put their trust in him. The Bible declares that there will be a day when we will see him and face to face and he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He says, for I never knew you. And they're going to say to him, well, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't, didn't, didn't I go to church? Didn't I pay my tithes? Didn't I sing a song? Didn't I do a dance? Didn't I do all those things? But did you ever trust in me? And all throughout scripture, you see people who even serve in the temple who did not know his voice. If, if he spoke to you today, would you be able to hear his voice? Look, look at what it says in, in Samuel. Even Samuel, who, who his mother Hannah delivered him unto the temple, dedicated his life to the temple. First Samuel 3 and 1 says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Can you imagine the word being rare? In, in this day and time, can you imagine the word being rare? You can find the word of God all over the internet. You can get the word of God on your phones. But yet and still, today, there are some folk who think the word is rare. It says, now he ministered before the Lord under Eli. Jump down to verse number seven. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. How are you serving and don't know the Lord? It says, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. There are some people who can serve in the church and the word of God has not been revealed to them. They just think it's a good organization to be a part of. They just think it's a good place to show up and maybe they can give me a hookup. Maybe it's a good place to go to and I can get my lights paid. Maybe it's a good place I can go to and, and sit there and hear some good music and not let the word be revealed unto you. Serving. Serving and not knowing the Lord. On the door, not knowing the Lord. Praying for folk. Laying hands on people and not knowing the Lord for themselves. He ministered. Minister means servant. He served in a capacity. He held a role. He, he did a duty, but he was not in devotion. Oftentimes we can do the duty, we can do the work, we can do the service of the Lord and not know him. Not, not only in, in that day, but also even in the days of Moses. Moses heard a word from the Lord to build an ark. Moses preached for a hundred years. Now this would mess up the average preacher. Nobody accepted the Lord. They heard Moses' message. Not Moses, not Moses. Noah. They heard Noah's message. Heard the message. Heard him preach and say, oh yeah, God is good. Oh yeah, I know he's, he's there is a God. Oh yeah, I, but, but I'm going to delay accepting him. 
I'm going to delay trusting him. And I, I heard someone say one time that, that, that Satan was having a meeting. He was having a leadership meeting um, with his, his demons. And, and he was getting ready to send them out. He was anointing them to go out. And, and, and he asked them some, some questions, and they, they had questions for him. He's, and, and, and three of them that were sitting there before Satan, one of them said, well, when, when I go out, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to tell people that Jesus is not real. And, and Satan re- relayed the message back. He said, I, I understand what you're talking about, but, but it, according to their time, it's been over 2,000 years, and there are too many books that have been written. Oh, they got more books. Even John says at the end of the Gospel of John that, that he could not tell you all that Jesus had done because there, there, there are not enough books that could be written. And he said, no, no, that's, that's not good. That's not good. Then, then the other one says, well, well, I will tell the people when I go down to the earth as a demon and I will tempt them, I will tell them that he never rose. And even Satan had to say, you know what? I, uh, I'm sorry. Even archaeological evidence has shown that, that he existed, that he walked the earth, that he got up out of the tomb. And, and then the third one, he, he stepped up and said, well, well Satan, well, Satan I, I got one, I got one. Well, I will go and tell them that they have time. That they have time. And that's what the people in Moses' day said to themselves. They said, yeah, we believe, we, we acknowledge, but they didn't have a, they believed, but they didn't have a saving faith. You got to have a serving faith. You got to have a saving faith. You got to even have a giving faith. That's why the Bible says from glory to glory, from faith to faith, because you will apply faith in one thing, but not another. Moses and in, in, in Noah's day, look, look at what they said here. Next verse. Go back, go back. No, that was it. That was it. Luke 17. Look at what they said in Luke 17. Just as it was in the day of Noah, days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating. People were drinking. They're being married. they marrying and being given to marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. They, they acted as if they didn't know what was happening. Moses preached a hundred years. A hundred years. Can you imagine preaching one year and no one come to the altar and give their lives to the Lord? No, when, 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 when the altar appeal is, is given, I'm not just asking you to come up every week for saving faith. Some of you need giving faith. Some of you need to come up and be altered in your faith to be, have some serving faith. So every week it ain't, it ain't for salvation. Some people need to go deeper in their service. There are some things you will never know about the Lord until you serve him. You'll never get to know until you serve him and unite with other 
brothers and sisters. They didn't know the Lord. They knew he existed. But we got to have faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things unseen. I told you on last week that, that faith, here's the one critical thing that faith is not. Faith is not knowing everything. Faith is knowing this much, that I don't know what God's going to do, I just know he's going to do something. Don't know how, don't know when, don't know where, I just trust that God will because he can and he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. God is able. I don't know how he's going to do it. Can't figure this one out. Mary just went to him and said, son, we need some help. They ran out of some things and you, you run out of some things in your life and you've gone to the wrong people. And even when Jesus said, dear woman, what do I have to do with this matter? She, she didn't speak doubt. She just said, whatever he says, do. Do it. Why? Because she had tenacious faith to trust in God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it is by grace through faith that you have been saved. Not on your own. You haven't done anything to earn it. It is a gift from God. James uh, says that, that faith without works is dead. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. First, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How, how, how do our faith, how, because I want to know today, what's this journey of faith? How do I move to a deeper level in my faith? How do I know that I have a saving faith? Here's the one thing about faith. Faith begins with the predicament. I, I, I know somebody was thinking uh, they, they wanted faith to start with some privilege. They, they wasn't looking for a problem. They were looking for privilege. They, they were looking for a promise and they were looking for power and not some pain. But, but faith starts with a predicament. It, the, the text says that his son was dying. His son was sick and he was dying. And when he came into the presence of Jesus, it says that he was Near death. Near death. And, and, and some of you are saying, well, you ain't got cancer today. You have no physical illness. And you're saying, oh, I feel so sorry for this nobleman that his son, the one he loved, is dying. He's sick and he's near death. And we will miss that we are in the same boat. Because the truth of the matter is, is you are dying. You're dying. And every day, you're near death. Every day of your life, you're, you're nearing death. Tomorrow is not promised to you. You have no time to wait. You have no time to wait. You have no time to waste. 
he's hurting, he's sorrowful, and his son is sick. And we think today just because we, we're in good health, we work a good job, we, get, we go, got a nine to five, we get a good paycheck, that we're not sick. The Bible says all have been sick and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God through Christ Jesus is eternal life. He says, come unto me, all ye that, that are sick that are suffering and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We sick and we're nearing death. We're near death and we think we have time to wait. It starts with the predicament. It's, see, see, I reject the name it and claim it gospel. Because the, the, the only person who can name it is Jesus. When he names it, then I claim it. It ain't what I speak. It ain't what I say. But whatever God says, that's what I begin to claim in my life. And this brother, he's come to Jesus, and Jesus is about to extend unto him a life-changing word. He's at a point of grief. Can you imagine the predicament that he's in and what he has to give up? Because he's a noble man. What do you look like running around chasing after this rogue preacher? Where did he come from? I heard that he, he came from a little town called Nazareth, and even one of his disciples, when he heard that he came from Nazareth, his own disciples said, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? And this noble man says, I, I've done all that I can do. I've tried all that I could try. I, I went to every doctor there is, every specialist there is. I, I put more money in it than I can even give out. But all the money I have, it can't change this predicament. All the prestige and power that I have can't change this predicament. So he put his pride aside. And he lays his power and his position on the line to do what? To go and see Jesus. He's chasing after him. Is there any God chasers in the house today? I'm a God chaser. I'm a God chaser. See, some of us, we chasing money. We're, we're like um, um, 50 cents. He said, I'm going to get rich or die trying. No. No, don't get it twisted. See, when, when I chase after God, 